What is SEO and why should you as a podcaster actually care about optimizing the textual content you have on your website? That's what today's episode is all about. First of all, I would just go ahead and use the Google keyword tool. Go to Google. It's pretty simple. All you have to do is type in what you think people will be searching for on the web and Google will give you a ton of other options. I'm Yanni Lunga. And you're listening to the Podcast Lab. As you may remember, in the last episode, I made an example of a supermarket and chocolate bar. And I said that optimization is the process that allows you to increase the likelihood of your content let's say, chocolate bar for the example I made, being placed in front of people when they're looking for something online. Think of them as being in a supermarket and they're looking for a very specific thing. Optimization is what helps your chocolate, in this example, being at the front or toward the front end of the shelf rather than being at the very back of the shelf where nobody goes and looks. If you listened to the last episode, you may remember that we also looked at the concept of keyword. A keyword is essentially what people use when looking for something online. And keywords can be broken down into two categories. The first one is short tail keywords. And those are typically one or two word keywords. Think of things like traveling, sugar-free recipes, business, email marketing, and things like that. And the second type of keyword are what are called long tail keywords. And these are keywords that include three or more words. Things like cheap, sugar-free recipes, getting started with email marketing, email marketing 101, and so forth. So keywords are the key element of the overall optimization of your website content. SEO stands for Search engine optimization, and as the name suggests, is the process of optimize your content for search engines. Think of sites like Google, Bing, and similar. The first step to the optimization process is what is called keyword research. You may remember that's something we talked about in a past episode with Lindsay Anderson. I've added the link to that in the show notes page over at thepodcastlab.com for slash session 63. But here's a quick refresher. Here's Lindsay Anderson explain how to get started with the keyword research process. First of all, I would just go ahead and use the Google keyword tool. Go to Google. It's pretty simple. All you have to do is type in what you think people will be searching for on the web and Google will give you a ton of other options for that keyword. Sometimes we just get so stuck in in thinking what our clients are looking for that if you just do a teeny tiny bit of keyword research, Google can produce a really a tons of results for you. So you don't need any expensive keyword research tools. Google will provide those for you. If you don't feel like getting into Google keyword tool, simply type in some search in the search bar. So like, let's say you're going to do um, how to make my wife fall in love with me again. Then scroll down to the bottom of the page after you do a Google search on that. And at the bottom, there will be a whole bunch of recommended searches. 
I highly recommend just using these because these are things that other people have typed in and Google is trying to help you. So you do need to do keyword research, but even just the most basic keyword research before you do those blog posts will help. If you've listened to past episodes, you may remember an episode where I talked about finding content ideas, having brainstorming sessions. And I said that when it comes to my podcast, I typically have a quarterly brainstorming session. So once a quarter, I have a window of time where I focus on finding ideas for the episodes. And I do a similar thing for keyword research. I have a keyword research window of time where I carry out the keyword research process that Lindsay mentioned. She mentioned the Google Keyword Planner is a free tool available to everybody. I'm not that big of a fan, I have to admit. I use a couple of other tools. I use one called KW Finder. And what KW Finder does is it provides you similar information than the Google Keyword Planner, but it's a little bit more accurate. And it also provides you information with the top ranking site for a specific keyword. Site rankings and domain authority matter big time because if you're trying to rank high for a specific keyword, but you see that all of the top results are websites that are way out of your league in terms of domain authority, in terms of their competition level, there is no point in you trying to rank for that keyword. You may be better off trying to look for a keyword that is less competitive in nature. Less competitive means more chances for you and your content to rank high on Google, Bing, or similar websites. So KW Finder is an option. They have a freemium model, so they have a free plan that allows you to do, I think, up to three searches per day. And then they also have a premium plan. That's one tool I use. Another tool I use is called SERPstat, and it's a sort of all-in-one SEO platform. There is many different things you can do with SERPstat, and the keyword research process that Lindsay and I have just talked about is one of them. So getting started with the keyword research, getting your hands on a tool, enter your keyword, see what kind of results it gets, are people searching for it, is very important. You may think that using keyword A over keyword B may not make that big of a difference. So using podcast over podcasting, you may think it's the same thing, but actually it is a big difference. That's why you want to make sure that you always have a keyword research approach, whether it's once a quarter like I do every single week, that's really up to you. Okay, so keyword research identifying the keyword, whether it's a short tail or long tail keyword you're going to focus on, is the first step of your content optimization process. Next is actually adding the keyword to your content. Once you've identified the keyword you're going to focus on, where should you add it in your content? If you have show notes page, if you have blog posts, how should you go about the keyword? Well, You don't have to guess because there are tools that tell you exactly where to add your keywords to. The first one is a very popular WordPress plugin and it's called Yoast SEO and it's spelled Y-O-A-S-T. You're also going to find the link to it in the show notes over at thepodcastalab.com forward slash 
session 63. But what Yoast SEO does is once installed, it's going to give you precise instructions on where to add your specific keywords. Typically, the places you want to make sure your keyword is at are the page title. Let's say you have a show notes page. You want to make sure you have your keyword in the title. Typically, toward the beginning of the title is ideal. You also want to have it in the page URL. I would encourage you when it comes to the page URL to try to have URLs that are pretty short. Even if the page title is made of, I don't know, seven or 10 different words, try to have a URL for the page that is short and sweet, and it includes the keyword. So page title, page URL. Then you also want to add it in the description, the one that appears in Google search results. And then you also want to add it into your content. One recommendation that Yoast has is to add it in the first paragraph or even the first sentence of your post. Adding it as the name of the featured image, as the alt tag, is also a good way to go about optimizing your show notes page, blog posts, and textual content on your website. So Yoast SEO I mentioned is an option. Another tool, it is actually, I use both Yoast and this second tool is called Web Text Tool. And what Web Text Tool does is it gives you information similar to Yoast, but even more detailed. It tells you how many times to enter a keyword. And this is very useful, especially if you have a long blog post, for example. The longer the blog post, the more time it's okay to have your keyword. But with Web Text Tool, you can even enter synonyms. It will tell you how many times to enter them, where to add them, have you added too many keywords, too little keywords, and things like that. So Yoast SEO and or Web Text Tool are definitely worth looking into. Remember, having keywords in your textual content doesn't mean having the keyword in every second phrase. That's called keyword stuffing, and you're actually going to penalize if that's something you do. And another note, typically you want to have written content that is at least 300 words long as the very minimum. That's something that actually Yoast SEO is going to tell you if you have a show notes page that includes only, I don't know, 150 words is going to tell you, consider adding more so that you get to 300 words. There you have it. This is the SEO optimization process explained. There are so many different nuances in terms of factors that Google follows to rank content. Brian Dean, who is a popular blogger, marketer, he has a blog called Backlinko, wrote an in-depth post where he talked about all the ranking factors. I believe it's 100 factors or something like that. And I know this can sound intimidating, but you don't have to feel overwhelmed by them. If you follow the steps we looked at in this episode, so you focus on Number one, doing the keyword research, identify your keyword. And number two, you do add the keyword to your content, to the page title, the page URL, the description, inside the content itself. Remember in the first paragraph or even first sentence, and also in the featured image using a tool like Yoast and or Web Text Tool. You're going to have most of the bases covered. The keyword research and adding your keywords to the content is something that literally takes you a few minutes. So it's not a process that takes you five or 10 hours. 
In the last episode, you may remember that we also talked about optimizing your content for the platform, search engines in this case, but also for people. That's why you want to consider having a featured image for each piece of content and an image that is connected to the topic of the show notes page or the blog post, as well as categories, tags that help people navigate your library of content. You may remember in the last episode I mentioned thepodcastlab.com as an example of a page, and if you go there, you scroll down, you're going to see different categories, and those help you navigate the entire Podcast Lab library of episodes. I can't expect you to know where to start from. This is episode 63, so I can't expect you to know what was covered in episodes 1 to 62. That's why I have specific categories that help you sort through the different episodes. You focus on one keyword, one category over the other, and you're going to see the series of episodes that fall under that category. In a past episode, I mentioned a tool called LandBot, and I've started to use it. And on that page, you are probably going to see also a chat, basically, that goes in a similar direction. So that chat itself doesn't really contribute to the SEO side of things, but it contributes to optimizing my website, that web page in this case, for people who visit it. So that chat is designed to help a website visitor find a specific episode or specific episodes that cover a topic the person is interested in. And I've added a link to LandBot as well in the show notes page that once again you find over at thepodcastlab.com for a slash session 63. Now you know what there is to know about optimizing your textual content. In the next episode, we're going to change medium, we're going to change platform, and we're going to look at podcast SEO, things you can do to optimize your content for the number one podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts. There's three main things that affect your SEO. Number one is your show name. That's the name of your podcast. I want to cover an example of someone who's doing this, doing iTunes SEO well, and that would be Pat Flynn. His podcast is named the Smart Passive Income Podcast. But what he's doing is in his show name, he's adding on extra keywords that people will be searching for and he's showing up. Number two is your artist name, also known as the author of the podcast. I'm Yanni Lunga and you've listened to the Podcast Lab. <laughs>